This week on Our Weird World, we are wrapping up our second serial killer September. Uh, I think another good round, if I'm not if I'm, if I'm being honest. Uh, had some really good stories, uh, strange tangents, uh, pretty sweet Russian accents. And we're going to wrap up with the story of my personal favorite serial killer. A uh, little lesser known in the serial killer world, but it's the story of Nikolai Zumagaliev. And uh, yeah, we're going to get into it. It's our weird world. Our weird world. Welcome to Our Weird World. I'm your host, John Henson. And this week, yeah, talking about my favorite serial killer of all time, Nikolai Zumagaliev. Um I know that that's not a common name. I know that uh, in the annals of serial killer lore, he's not hardly ever mentioned. I mean, this is probably the first time you've ever heard of him. Um, you know, he's certainly no Ted Bundy or Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy or anything like that. Uh, but just his story is so absurd. And and I think you'll understand why he's my favorite uh, when we're done today. Um, we don't have a ton of details. It's actually going to be probably a little bit shorter of an episode, but the details that we do have are spectacular and just his story, what he did, uh, and then how the justice system responded to him and treated him is equally as absurd. And I can't wait to tell you this story. So let's jump into it. Nikolai Zumagaliev, and I'm assuming that is the correct way to say it. His last name is spelled D-Z-H-U-M-A-G-A-L-I-E-V. So I don't know what sound D-Z-H means. I think it's like Zumagaliev, Zumagaliev. I think I'm just going to say Zumagaliev. I'm just going to assume that that D is silent. And we're going to move on. Um, but he was born on November 15th, 1952 in some forlorn, impossibly frustrating to spell and pronounce province in the Soviet Union um, that would later become the nation of Kazakhstan. Uh, he grew up to join the Soviet Army and then later spent his early adult years just kind of traveling around the Soviet Union working various jobs. Um by in uh, 1977, so he's about 25 at this point, uh, he settled in Uzinagash to be a firefighter where uh, he somehow managed to contract both syphilis and trichomoniasis. Um, I forgot what trichomoniasis was, but it's a, it's a condition that you can probably otherwise avoid, um, just like syphilis if you just kind of take care of yourself. But whatever. Uh, in his free time, Nikolai was an avid hunter and... In, starting in January 1979, uh, Nikolai just kind of decided to start hunting people because, I don't know, I guess deer and bears and whatever else lives in Kazakhstan just wasn't enough fun to hunt. And so uh, this story goes from zero to 100 real quick. All right. Just letting you know. Um, one morning, Nikolai spotted a young woman walking alone and jumped from the bushes where he was hunting to chase her down. Um just as she turned around to face him and just be like, what is going on there? Why is there a man chasing me? Uh, Nikolai wrapped his arm around her neck, dragged her to a nearby landfill and sliced her throat. Um, fearing that wasn't enough though. Nikolai then began drinking her blood. All right. Already <laughs> off to a great start here. 
Uh, after making sure no one was around, which at this point, kind of we all should have known that was the first thing he should have done. Like before he even jumped out to attack her, probably should have checked to make sure that no one else was around to see it. But whatever, you know, first time mistake, rookie mistake, but it's, it's okay. Um, he, Nikolai sliced this woman's breasts into strips, removed her ovaries and other organs, and then packed them into his bag. Once he got home, he melted her fat, pickled a few of the other body parts, uh, he also made dumplings from some of her muscles and then grilled her heart and kidneys. He treated this woman straight up like an animal. Um, Nikolai committed six more murders and cannibaliz- cannibalizations in 1979. Um on August 21st, however, he accidentally, accidentally, but mainly drunkenly, uh, shot his coworker and was arrested. And Having no real reason to look into Nikolai's past, and he was just released back out into the wild less than a year later, where he immediately killed and cannibalized three more people. All right, so this is this is the first mistake that the Soviet justice system made. All right, he drunkenly shoots his coworker, and just the Russian authorities or whatever they just do not care makes a mistake, I guess, whatever, doesn't do a background check, doesn't do anything like that. Um, you know, even though I'm sure they're aware of the several missing people in the area, they just don't, they just don't think about it. They don't have any reason to connect him to it. So, uh, he serves a little bit of time and then he is released. Um, well, on December 18th, 1980, Nikolai invited several friends to his house for a little party. I don't know how this guy has friends. Um, when Nikolai, (laughs) During the party, Nikolai just grabs one of them, kills him, and starts to dismembering. Starts to dismember him. And at that point, the other people decided that the party was over and called police. Uh, officers arrived a few minutes later to find Nikolai on his knees and covered in blood, just kind of hovering over his friend that he had just killed. Uh, with the officers frozen in shock, Nikolai, who is also naked right now, grabbed his hatchet busted out the window like Kool-Aid manned himself out the window and fled into the forest. Uh, He was arrested the next day at his cousin's house, thankfully, and his trial began a year later, but because of a previous schizophrenia diagnosis, the Soviet courts found him not guilty and sent him to a mental facility in Uzbekistan. So again, so he's had a previous schizophrenia diagnosis Soviet courts see that and they're like, Hey, no, come on. I like, you were the guy who drunkenly shot their friend earlier, right? We don't really care about that. Um, you're schizophrenic, so we can't charge you as a regular criminal. So we're just going to send you off to this mental institution. Um, eight years later. All right. So he's been in this mental institution for eight years. Uh, he escapes while being transferred to another facility. And of course, he goes out and immediately starts murdering more people between Moscow and Kazakhstan uh, before he was captured, which, by the way, took two full years. <laughs> it took them two years to ca- recapture this guy as he is out murdering more people. Um, for some reason, however, uh, that flies in the face of everything we th- have originally have thought about the Russian criminal justice system, you know, because I, I always thought that they were very tough on their criminals. And, and there are some things to suggest that they are, you know, they, once they find you convict you, especially if you're uh, given the death penalty, they execute you pretty quick. All right. 
Even if you didn't do anything wrong, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that the Russian government system, uh, justice system, just will throw you in jail for anything. Um, But like we saw last week and and this story here, they didn't really do that here. And what's crazy is that um, they caught him. They recaptured him after he had escaped for two years from the mental institution. And rather than sentence him to more time in the mental institution, uh, several psychiatrists declared that Nikolai had been cured of his schizophrenia, of all of his mental issues, and rather than put him in jail, they released him back out into the public. All right? He's killed a bunch of people at this point. He's cannibalized a bunch of people at this point. And psychiatrists are just like, no, he's fine. He he won't do that anymore. He, he totally cured. We let him back out in the public. Um... <laughs> Nikolai tried to return to his home village, but he was run out of town because no one wanted a crazy cannibalistic murderer living among them, and I, I can't blame him. Uh, so then for the next several years, Nikolai hid in the mountains of uh, Kyrgyzstan, I think that's how you say it, um, collecting medical plants and trading them for food. However, outrage from the general population forced area authorities to issue a warrant for Nikolai's arrest to send him back to prison for good. So, Awesome. The, the people have spoken. Everyone else, you know, Russian justice system is like, hey, it's fine. He, he's not a threat anymore. And everyone else is like, are you serious? Like, did do you know what he's done? He eats people. He's crazy. He's going to keep murdering people. You need to find him and get him, like, locked up forever. And... The Russian justice is like, hey, maybe you have a point. Maybe you're right. Um, and the problem, though, was that even though they went to go and capture him again, uh, no one had any idea where he was. Um, but fortunately, it was it was getting more and more difficult, though, for Nikolai to evade authorities. Um, hang gliders and organized searches moved, uh, continued to move closer and closer to his little secret mountain hideout. So it was only a matter of time before Nikolai was back in the mental facility. And I don't know, I I just like, that's the crazy image I have of this guy where he is just hiding out in this cave in the mountains and there's just hang gliders flying around his little cave, you know, and, and he can hear the search parties off in the distance and it just, but he's just so out of the way that, you know, it's, he's continuing to get away with no one can find him. I, I don't know. That's just one of the crazier images that I, that I have in my head of him. Um, but in one final attempt to trick authorities, Nikolai asked a friend, which is blows my mind that he still has friends at this point, um, to send a letter to Moscow. And the letter goes, uh, Nelly will return soon. There are a lot of beautiful women here. No one will notice their loss, which is a dick thing to say. All right. Cause look, I mean, that's a little disrespectful to women. You know, uh, to say that no one will notice that a woman has died um, speaks to a what people thought of women, but also probably to what was really going on in Moscow at the time and, and how Russian women were viewed and treated and all that. So unfortunate. Yeah, but probably not completely out of out of the ordinary. Um, much to Nikolai's delight, though, this letter worked. Uh, people in Moscow panicked at the thought of a maniacal cannibal lurking in the city, especially when a newspaper actually made a claim that Nikolai had been spotted in Moscow. Like he wasn't like he was still hiding up in the mountains somewhere, but the media took this story and 
caused this huge panic, published a bunch of lies, and really built up this idea that Nikolai was roaming the streets. And I think that's another reason why I like this story, because it just shows how uh, the media manipulates reality and creates false narratives and panics people for no real reason. Um, but that's a whole nother soapbox that I'm not going to get on at this time. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately though, Nikolai just really got tired of evading police and decided to actually just stage his own arrest. Right. Rather than just go turn himself in like a normal person, he wanted to stage an arrest. So in April, 1991, Nikolai tried to steal a sheep and was arrested in Fergana, uh, which is a city in Eastern Uzbekistan. And here's, here's why, here's probably my favorite part of the story. Uh, just for fun, Nikolai pretended to be Chinese and happily confessed to the theft. <laughs> oh, authorities were immediately suspicious, especially when this Chinese man couldn't explain how he had gotten from China all the way to the Soviet Union. So, <laughs> so you've got Nikolai here. I imagine he dressed up, you know, traditional Chinese garb, got the little, I don't know what the triangle pointy hat is or whatever. He's probably got a nice long robe. (laughs) And then he's just like, okay, I steal the sheep. I am a Chinese man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, God, you have no idea how hard it is to do a Russian guy doing a Chinese guy. That's... It takes talent. I haven't mastered it yet, but I'm working on it. Um, Colonel Yuri Duby again, uh, who had spent the last several months leading a task force assigned to capture Nikolai, arrived in Fergana and exposed Nikolai's fake little Chinese character. Like Nikolai is still in full Chinese character all the way from when he is arrested to when uh, Yuri Dubai again shows up. You know, it's just like... Okay, I know you are Nikolai Zumagaliv. I, you are the serial killer, the crazy serial killer that we have been looking for. Oh no, I am not a, I am not a Nikolai that you speak of. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh gosh, <laughs> I don't know why that's cracking me up so bad, but, uh, like, I know, I know, like last year. I went pretty hard on the Japanese accent for Japanese July, but being able to combine Russian and Chinese that has made me so happy. I I wish I could do the rest. I, I like I'm not going to, but I really wish I could just do the rest of the story in that weird like hybrid accent. Um, <laughs> Nikolai was immediately sent to a psychiatric hospital in Kazakhstan, uh, but Nikolai decided that he didn't like it there and constantly petitioned the court to recognize that he had been cured again and to let him go. And here's the thing. The courts actually decided to let him go. I'm not even lying. Like, unreal. A guy who pretends to be Chinese to get arrested, and then he doesn't like the mental facility that they sent him to, so he just writes a letter to the court. He's like, hey, guys, um, totally don't even have a Russian accent now, apparently. Um, I'm totally cured again, so I would like it if you guys just let me back out. And the Russian courts are like, yeah, seems seems reasonable. I don't know why you would lie about that. Go ahead. Um, so it should not surprise you to know that multiple dismembered bodies were found in the area shortly after his release. Literally, 
probably hours after he is released, he goes back to killing people and dismembering them. Um, Nikolai was arrested again and sent to a specialized clinic surrounded by a barbed wire fence in a, uh, another small city in Eastern Kazakhstan. And you think that would be the end of the story, right? Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. We're still going. Um, even though like, this is just comically preposterous at this point. Um, doctors at this new clinic noted that Nikolai was highly cooperative and functioned like a normal adult. So guess what they did? They recommended that he go back out into society and just kind of report back to the hospital for regular checkups. And they let him back out again. Unreal. So guess what? In September, 2014, uh, Nikolai was officially charged with his 10th murder and he was finally given a life sentence. It took them 10 murders. He murdered way more than that. Most likely, but it took him 10 official murder charges for them to finally put him away forever. And as far as I know, he's still in prison. Not a lot of, not a lot of sources on this guy. Um, but who knows? At some point, some other ignorant, unqualified, moronic psychiatrist may decide to let him go free again. Who knows? But that is the end of today's story. Well, do you under, do you see now why that this is my favorite serial killer of all time? Like, it's just a perfect storm of absurdity that all came together to produce such a fantastic story. And with that, let's see what we learned today. What did we learn? Uh, number one, heads up. If you're ever at a party and the host just decides to start killing someone, maybe maybe act a little bit faster. Like, don't wait until after he kills him, gets naked, and starts trying to eat him to call police. Like, maybe kind of cut that off a little bit earlier. All right? Uh, number two, hey, psychiatrists, if you're listening, um, I'll give you a pass for the first one. All right? Um, but after a guy gets arrested for doing weird stuff, the second time he had, he probably isn't cured. Just going to probably just going to assume I don't need to go to medical school to understand that that guy was not cured in any way whatsoever. All right. So, uh, maybe tighten the ropes uh, a little bit on that. Uh, and number three, I don't even know if you guys could hear it, but I was not recording outside today. I just had the window open, but Um, it just dawned on me that like the birds are chirping pretty loud and maybe you couldn't hear any of this at all. Um, but I don't know. It was a nice day. I thought I'd have the window open and maybe, maybe the birds chirping in the background. If you could hear them, uh, create a nice little backdrop for this insane story. Next week on Our Weird World, we are headed into October, which means it is time to bring back the spooky Halloween characters and stories from history around them. Uh, We're going to be talking about monsters and ghosts and demons. And next week, we are going to be talking about several different vampires from history. Um, Probably not like Dracula type vampires, but uh, people who were called vampires or maybe 
claimed that they themselves were a vampire. Um, we're going to be looking next week uh, at the stories of Enriqueta Marquis, uh, the Great New England Vampire Panic, uh, Visago the Vampire, and the story of Jasmine Richardson. Uh, some of those stories are going to be pretty stupid, um, but some of them are going to be pretty interesting. So uh, get ready for that. Get ready for another spooky October with a bunch of... Uh, fun stories about that. Uh, thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed Serial Killer September. Uh, keep telling all your friends. And always remember, keep it weird. <laughs> Hello. My name Nikolai Zumagabriv. And I come to steal your sheep because I am just a runaway Chinese man come all the way from China to steal a sheep. I do not know of the serial killer that you think I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, what is wrong with me?